the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the program today. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And you've just happened to stumble on the date day edition of the program, which means Paul is live in the studio with me. That means our studio looks a lot better than it normally does. We're here today to take your phone calls and answer Bible questions, anything on your heart or mind. Ladies, especially for you, not exclusively, but especially for you, if you have any questions or need encouragement in any area, Paula would be happy to do the best that she can. All you need to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, it's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Uh, Just hit the call now banner and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer and free to use your hands-free feature on your phone and thus be safe. 340-9585. Paula, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ben. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I didn't have a choice, but I appreciate it. <laughs> you always have a choice. <laughs> no, I don't have a choice. Jesus said, you are the one for life. So for my whole life, it's me <laughs> and you. I love it. No, I'm just being silly. Uh, yeah, I had a good day good day with you, and it's not even over yet. So it's date, day and night. So after the show's over, comes the night part of our date. So. You know, I know it's not true for you, <laughs> but for me... The older I get, yeah. the shorter my energy is. Oh, you're good, Pastor <laughs> You can make it. <laughs> What's on your heart today? Uh, well, we have to make an announcement, and we better start oh. making it right right away. Go ahead. I keep forgetting this. You know, uh, we talk about Joy of Jesus. It's a, mm-hmm. the, the, the signature uh, outreach ministry that we have here at Calvary Chapel. Uh, we, we've done it for 21 years. Um, it's, it's always been downtown at Travis Park. Um, uh, the last Saturday of October, there's been a couple of years where the city's tried to give us a little bit of trouble in the past. It was because they uh, didn't want the homeless all in one area, Travis Park. They'd spent some money refurbishing the park. And instead of, uh, of uh, the homeless, they, they want to try to push you somewhere else. And, and, and we, we got through that. Well, we just found out yesterday that this year's Joy of Jesus which is scheduled for October the 26th, um, again, the last Saturday of October, same time we always do it. Yeah. They said, oh, we gave the park to somebody else that day. So while this isn't a major catastrophe, it upsets things from our perspective a little bit. Uh, we are going to be having it one week earlier this year um, um, we, we, we hope we've kind of got through we, we preserve this park faithfully every year for 20 plus years uh, and so this year we're, we're being forced to move 
one week earlier, October the 19th. Now, as we get closer, uh, we'll keep reminding you of that. It may not sound like a big deal because it's only a week, but this is such a huge ministry. There's going to be thousands and thousands of people at the park that day. We do a lot of neat stuff that we'll talk about more as we get closer to the date. Um, but um, we need every minute of, the, of every day just to get ready to do this. Mm-hmm. So please keep us in prayer. The city, I, uh, you know, we've got a new city council. We've got a new mayor, uh, a new city manager. And they're not really friendly to Christian messages anymore. So we don't know if that's behind it or not. But what I do know is this. Uh, we will be at Travis Park on Saturday, October the 19th. Uh, to do a ministry that will just blow your mind. So I need to remind me to mm-hmm. to meet you tomorrow on Sunday at church so our people know about it. Yep. But now we've got to meet so many of you over the years down at George Jesus, and you've been there and visited. You know what it's like. Uh, we'd love to see you again out there. It's, it's a blessing because even some of you serve in the haircutting ministry, the the clothing ministry. And so thank you very much. But, yeah, I would do my announcement voice. On 10-19-2019, joy of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, actually, last year we had a whole bunch of people from the radio audience yeah. who were beauticians or barbers or whatever you call them now, mm-hmm. and they brought their stuff and set up shop, and boy, did we ever need them yeah. because the line to get haircuts uh, and makeovers yep. gets longer every year. And there's something, Paula, about seeing the the, the, the people that have such a tough life. Um, You know, this isn't just a homeless ministry, but there are multiplied hundreds of them. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, to to see them get a haircut, to see them get their faces made up, um, it's an amazing thing to watch. The Lord really, really touches their heart. To see them be able, because they have personal shoppers. They don't just, you know, they have people who go along with them and ask them their size, what's their likes. You know, and so they have a personal shopper who goes along with them. And last year in particular, oh, my goodness, um, there were so many jackets and blankets and hats. People who don't even come here were bringing in stuff just to, I mean, nice stuff for for everybody. It's not just for the homeless, but for anybody and everybody who shows up who has a need. It I remember at the amazing. clothing table, I remember uh, talking to somebody and, and he picked up a coat. Put that back. And I, I, I said, I said, I said, do they have one my size? Short and dumpy? Do they have one my size? Put that down. Yeah. We can get you a coat. Uh, but yeah, so October 19, 2019. And you know what? You know, it's kind of, a, it was a little bit disappointing that our date got moved. But like we heard last night, we hear all the time, God is in control. And it wouldn't, it just doesn't surprise me sometimes that. Things go this way, and we're going to really be happy the way it turns out. God will bless. Yeah, hearing hearing yesterday that they were playing games with us a little bit, I, it, Isaiah chapter 40 came at the right time for me, given us preparing that mm-hmm. study and giving it. So mm-hmm. let's take a minute, take a phone call. We'll go to Johnson City, Texas, our friend Wes on line one. Wes, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hello? Hi, Wes. Yes. Uh, hey, Pastor Ron and Paula, good to hear from you on the radio today for sure. Love the laughter and the way y'all get along. It's great. <laughs> She's a nut, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> laughter is good medicine, I must say. Uh, you know, something we all need more of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's up? My question, my question today is how crucial is doctrine as far as salvation you got people that claim you have to be a doer of the word, and you got other people that claim that uh, it's believing, right believing, on the finished work of Jesus Christ. And there's kind of a clash going on that I've experienced lately with these people that are denying uh, once they've always saved and uh they're just so works oriented, and that uh, you know you have to um, uh, almost live a sinless life, or you have to repent <laughs> to be saved. And uh, they're really uh, a bit unpleasant for the most part when it comes to people that are more inclined that 
to be under the grace of God and being uh, and to grow in that. And I just wonder, uh, you know, is grace sufficient for those that uh, many would call false teachers, and they call us false teachers, and, that, you know, there should be some love there, I understand, but, boy, it's difficult uh, dealing with these people at times, and you try to show love, and you try to help these people, and sometimes the light comes on, and I surely haven't arrived, and I don't know it all, but I do know how I'm saved, and that is by the grace and the mercy of God. Yep. So I just like to get your take on that because there seems to be a little conflict in uh, belief. Does right believing save you, or does right doing save you? Living a sinless life, as they say, which is ridiculous. But um, anyway, whatever your take might be, I'm just all ears. Thanks, Wes. Appreciate it very, very much. You know, Paula, this is a a battle that's been going on for 2,000 years uh, inside the Church of Jesus Christ. Let me... Because of the way Wes asked the question, let me say at the outset that doctrine has no value at all when it comes to being saved. That is a regeneration work of the Holy Spirit, a regenerating work of the Holy Spirit. And um, to, to be saved, one needs only to come to the end of him or herself, say, I can't do this anymore. I've been trying. I'm a sinner. I need to be helped. Paul says, oh, wretched man that I am. Uh, we, we need to get to that place. All men are like grass from last night's Bible study. Uh, the grass withers and falls away. Um, so in, in terms of being saved, to, to get saved, you need only two things, uh, a repentant heart and the real Jesus. You, you can't come to a Jesus of your own making. That's just like making an idol uh, in, a, in, a, in a figurative sense. Uh, you, you can't come to a Jesus who says, oh, I love you the way you are. You can stay the way you are. That's not the real Jesus. But you have to come to the Jesus, uh, the only Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, who is qualified to welcome you into the family and forgive you of your sins. Now, here's the thing that we have to understand, Wes. When we get saved, um, a deposit is made into our hearts. Romans 5, 5 said that, that uh, God has poured out his love, given us a deposit in our hearts of his love. And because he's holy, then the Holy Spirit who lives in us then begins the process of changing us. And so that's what salvation is. Salvation is um, uh, the, the two best examples in the entire New Testament. I, one of my taught just this past Sunday, uh, the prodigal son, uh, father, I'm no longer uh, fit to be called your your son, so I'm coming back as a servant. And the other is just in a few chapters in the Gospel of Luke as well, uh, the, the story of Zacchaeus. Uh, uh, I must come to your house today. And, and um, Zacchaeus said, Lord, if I've wronged anybody, I'm going to pay him back four or five times. So that's, that's what repentance is. And that's the work that creates salvation. Now, once we're saved, once we're in the family, then there's all kinds of areas that we can go to. And Wes, I think what you're struggling with is finding the balance between the two. You talk to one group, they believe this. The other group believes this. There's going to be a lot of people in heaven whose doctrine is really, really bad. Um, I think personally, willful false teachers are, are wolves and never really were sheep. They're disguised as sheep. Uh, but I believe that uh, willful, deliberate false teachers are not regenerate. Um, but the people that they deceive, I think equally many of them, if not most of them, are. Um, you know, not everybody has the gift of discernment. Not everybody's able to open the Bible and understand it. But here's what I want you to understand, Wes. Uh, never, ever give up this position. We're saved by grace through faith. And even the faith is a gift from God. It's not of us. Now, the works, and this is where the balance between the two extremes of these doctrines comes into view. Um, when you meet Jesus, he changes you. And because you're changed, you become more like him. And the more time you spend around him, the more like him you're going to become, the more like a servant you become. And then you're going to do good works, not to get saved or even to stay saved, but you're going to do good works because you are saved. And I think part of the problem in our culture, Wes, is that 
uh, we have a whole bunch of people who don't understand what's meant by good works. It's not, well, I'm going to serve a church, I'm going to do this. Those are things we do as a labor of love. But the good works are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, beginning verse 22. Those are the good works, the good works of God that he does in you and then does through you. And that's the balance that we're looking at. And I'll just say one thing categorically. Uh, If somebody doesn't demonstrate love, that is the singular in the Greek fruit of the Spirit. You say, there's just no love. They want to argue. They want to debate. Um, That's evidence of an inactive or even absent person of the Holy Spirit. And if you don't have love, you're not filled with the Spirit. Jesus said, if you don't have the Spirit, you don't belong to Him. Now, I don't have to know, Wes, and you don't have to know whether they're saved or not. What we can know for sure is that those people, when they go to heaven and stand before Jesus, at the very least, they're going to miss out on tons and tons of rewards. Paul, you want to add something? The only thing I can say is Jesus said he did not lose even one. So, you know, we're sometimes I, I, I want to know who's saved, you know. And they should be believing the way I think it should go. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, over the years, you said, Paula, just let them get to church. If they keep coming, they'll eventually hear and learn and change. Like we've had people who just wanted to insist on calling me, and that was kind of funny because the producer was laughing about this earlier, who insist on calling me Pastor Paula. No, women cannot be pastors. I am not Pastor Paula and they, okay, Pastor. Uh-huh. And then they keep on doing it. And I have to say, I am not Pastor Paula. Please stop calling me that. Women cannot be pastors. And some, you know, over time, they kind of get it. But it's that fruit of the Spirit in producing works and keeping with repentance. On my part is not to get irritated and agitated, but to say in my mind, and sometimes to them, you'll get it eventually. <laughs> Just keep coming, keep listening. Wes, be, a, be a, a, a calm, gentle, loving voice in the middle of those discussions. And the Lord's going to keep giving you opportunities. You, you, you want to engage people. Uh, you stay calm. You stay right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Avoid the extremes. And God's going to keep using you the way he has. Thank you, Wes. I appreciate it very, very much. Wes calls from time to time from Johnson City. Uh-huh. Just a good guy, loves the Lord. Yeah, he has a great voice, too. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. you want me to yep. go ahead? Great. All right. Well, you know, of course, with our sweet summer devotions going now, how cool is this? You know, so many years ago, the Lord said, do sweet summer devotions. And I don't I don't know how many years now, but it's just been crazy good. And this year, in the last uh, few weeks, while the ladies are teaching and then we have a, a Q&A session and then prayer, well, we we live stream the session and then we turn off for the Q&A and the prayer time because it gets really personal. Oh my goodness. You know how sensitive I am. If somebody else cries, I'm going to be crying <laughs> and you can hear the oh, 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 that kind of boohoo crying in, in, in the audience. And um, the Lord is doing a great, great work because as the ladies share the heartache, the heartbreak, the terrible things that happen to them in their lives. But while they're teaching, you can hear and see the joy and the change in them that the ones in the audience are thinking, if he can do that for them, he can do that for me. Will I let the Lord have his way? Will I produce fruits in keeping with repentance? You know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Will I forgive those who have hurt me? Will I forgive myself for the things that I've done? And and let the Lord, who died for all of my sins, really impact my life, that I'm no longer the center of attention. It's Jesus. And so, oh my goodness, it, this is a good advertisement. If you don't come, you miss out on all that. To, to watch it on live stream, if that's what you have to do, okay. But the real personal, intimate, um, you get to ask your question. You get to get prayer from somebody who's 
either gone through or is going through the same thing uh, you may be experiencing right now. It's just been incredible. Um, you taught on uh, the prodigal. Well, the first, the one who took his father's money and went and spent all of it on riotous living, uh, just lost his mind, um, not caring about anybody but himself. And so then the next day, it's Elizabeth's turn, and she said, I'm both prodigals, <laughs> you know, and, and her, her, her session was just so good. She knew Jesus from a little girl and um, just wanted to live her own life. She had a plan, and she was trying to make Jesus fit into that plan. This is what I want to do, so come on, Jesus, make this thing happen for me. And the Lord, you know, he has his own plan for us, and the way we sometimes think it should go isn't necessarily what he <laughs> he, he wants. And so he, he causes some little trip-ups along the way so that we will look up and say, and then surrender and say what she says at the end. All I want now is to rely on Jesus. Yeah, I, I call those course correction trials, and and uh, Jesus is faithful to provide, to provide a lot of those opportunities. You know, Paula, when you said uh, somebody was boo-hoo crying. Oh, my goodness. Um, uh, I, I wrote a note because I, I, I think this might We've got five minutes left in this this side of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, why is it, do you think, that when people react that emotionally, um, the rest of the people around get so uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. I mean, those, that's such a good thing. It's such a cleansing work. Mm-hmm. This past Sunday, we had a, a woman come forward in one of our three services, uh, and and she was crying so loudly um, just from such a depth of grief and pain, mm-hmm. um, you could almost experience with her the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit. And yet you look around and you can see people who are really, really uncomfortable. It should be just the opposite. You know, those are the times we ought to rejoice. I know we come to church without wanting to expose ourselves, but the truth is that's what happens when the Holy Spirit really digs deep and begins cleansing and uh, uh, the woman who who uh, was here on Sunday, when she came uh, here, she was troubled and, and burdened. And when she left, she was free. She got her answer. Yes. And, and the same thing is true for the Sweet Summer Devotion. Yeah. It happens every single time. Um, and yes, we, the leadership ladies come up for prayer. And the same thing happens. A lot of people do come up, but you can see some saying, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go tell them my stuff. And, you know. And you just, okay. Sometimes what I'll do is I'll go because, you know, I'll see a person squirming and stuff, and I'm freer than you are because uh, I don't have to stand up there and receive them for prayer because there's plenty of other ladies. So sometimes what I'll do, I'll just go and sit by somebody and say, what's going on? You know, it's time for you to, you want me to pray? You want to say something? And, and quite often they will. Then there's others who the minute everything's over, you know, before the prayer, they're out of here. <laughs> they're out of here. And so the Lord will just chase them and, and wait. He's patient. So. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, I don't know why that, yeah. that happens. I mean, it's a good thing, and that's, that's a, an opportunity to rejoice. You know, Paula, um, when, when you talk about people who, who uh, as soon as the Bibles close, um, worship starts, and, and it happens every Sunday and Wednesdays and Fridays as well, we're giving invitations, and that's when people are so uncomfortable that they, they, they leave yeah. instead of allowing God the opportunity to do what he brought him there to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah. And if, I, you, if, if you ask us to be physically healed, the altar is loaded with everybody. We all want to be physically healed. You know, We want the Lord to touch our body, our finances, you know, our minds, all that kind of stuff. But if you say um, it's time to give up this or that sin, you know, because... That's the first thing for salvation is repentance, stopping that thing that we know is wrong. Well, we kind of sit on our hand and we don't kind of, we don't. Yeah, because that, re- that requires a, an immediate change yeah, of yeah. life and habits and, yeah. and uh, 
cutting off relationships. And, yeah. You know, we're not, I'm not quite ready for not that. Quite yeah. ready. I want Jesus to bless me, but. <laughs> Can I do 95% and never, I'll be all right? <laughs> yeah. I've actually, as you know, I've had a, yeah. a woman say, well, look, there's 90, I'm 95% submitted to the Lord. So, <laughs> well, he sort of blessed me 95%. And my response was, you know, the answer to that. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus yeah. requires that we surrender everything to him. Yeah. And he's so sweet. He just he's so patient. He goes, OK, we want to go around this mountain again. Yeah. You know, that's what <laughs> I said with the story of the prodigal. You know, uh, uh, it says um, there's a line in Luke 15 says when he began to be in need. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Jesus gently sort of prods us to come to him. He, he doesn't let the trials overwhelm us. It's not like. We do something wrong and he smacks us and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we're just crushed. Uh, but but he, 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 he begins a process. And his preference, of course, would be that we would respond when we begin to be in need. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of us don't. And finally, this, the prodigal had to get to the place where he was in a pigsty wanting to eat what the, what the pigs were eating. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't have any value for him. Yeah. Hey, we've got 30 minutes left in the date day show. Paula is live to take your phone calls and questions. 340-9585 for your live calls and questions or toll free 877-630-KSLR. This is the date day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. Pastor Ron Arbaugh will be back on the other side of the break. See you in two minutes. to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of the program. We have 30 minutes to take your phone calls and questions. 340-9585. Paula, pick it up. Yeah, you know, as we were ending, talking about the uh, young man began to be in need. In mine, it says he began to starve. Um, <laughs> the Living Translate began to starve. Um, and, and there are so many times when you've been doing counseling of people whose lives, you know, get desperate. And you, you ask this question. I've heard you ask it. When was your life the best? And it's when they were close to Jesus. They were in fellowship with other like-minded believers. Well, in this in this case, this this man boy um, began to be in need because <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a lot of times, you know, he probably was. Well, never mind, I don't even want to go there. He started to miss maybe his family members, people who really loved him, you know, because uh, in the world, they don't really love you. You think they do, but they don't like everybody. When you were in a work world. And you were making big bucks, Pastor Ron. You thought those people all loved you. I did. They thought they needed me and they loved me. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Turns out, as long as I was making the money. Yeah. And the only person mm-hmm. standing there when it was all over was the one for life, me. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it, it says in there, when he began to be in need, mm-hmm. and then it says, but no one gave him anything. But no one gave him and, anything. And the world doesn't give, the world takes. Yeah. 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 When he had lots of money, his daddy's money, and he was living a riotous uh lifestyle he had a whole lot of people i'm sure right around him saying yeah you want to buy me a drink i'll take it no problem (laughs) you want to do this and do that you want to as long as you're paying i'm good but anyway it says that at at first god deals with us gently and um you know for the radio audience i thought this would be a good thing because not everybody comes to Calvary chapel san antonio but this was such a good study and and very um Encouraging and um, you know, in a correction sort of way. Yeah, very <laughs> correcting. <laughs> you actually said the father's money subsidized the man boy's sin, you know, and it's, it's never okay to allow uh, your kids, I don't care how old they are, even if you have, we're supposed to honor our parents, but if you have parents even in your home who are living a riotous life under your Christian ha- room, um, I don't know how that goes either. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never okay to allow people living in your house to sin at your expense. 
they got to be free to suffer the consequences. Yeah, and sadly, Paul, it's epidemic in, in our church culture. We have kids grow up, go out, fall down, come back, and they stay. Mm-hmm. And we have in our church, we got a whole bunch of grandmas raising kids. Yeah. And a lot of times those kids are a result, and multiple kids, they're a result of, of the mom and the dad not saying, okay, come back here to our house. You live under our rules. This house belongs to Jesus. There's not going to be any sin. There's not going to be the kind of life that you're used to living. To, to give a child the freedom to do what he or she wants when you know it, what they're doing is displeasing the Lord is simply to misrepresent Jesus. And um, we've just got way too many Christian parents of adult children who are making it easy for their sons and daughters to sin. Uh, we pay the rent, we, we buy the food, you can sit around and play video games all day long. Bottle uh, my car. Get a job if you want, go out at night and party, do whatever you want to. Uh, and, and I've had in the same counseling sessions, as you well know, Paula, people would say, well, but pastor, where are they going to go? And my response is, hey, he's 32. It's yeah, time for him to find some place to go. Yeah. And your way is not working. And I think what we've got to understand is it's not loving to let somebody continue to sin. Uh, in the study on the prodigal, one of the, the things that you can't miss in the story is that the father didn't argue with him when he came and asked for money. Now, this would have been a, a shameful thing for him to do. Uh, his father, his family, his whole village would have been disgraced. Uh, and yet the father let him make his choice. But the father also, though his heart was broken, though he longed to see him return every minute of every day, um, the father let him make his choice and let him suffer the consequences. What we do too often is let them make their choices, but bail them out of the consequences. Time and and time and time again. And once again, that is to misrepresent our Jesus. That's how important it is to understand. So that was a study that hit lots and lots of homes. And I think the lady who was crying from that depth of pain Mm -hmm. was a mother of a prodigal. And it's, it, oh, it hurts so deeply. Yes, it does, it does. And so I wrote a a question. What does finally came to his senses look like? You you said that. Um, Because, you know, we, we especially... I know. I remember when I was getting ready to be 18, I'm like, I'm going to be out of here, you know. And I wasn't at 18, but um, but when you finally do get out into the real world, huh, them people expect you to pay your own rent. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to eat, you got to go to the grocery mm-hmm. store and have some money. <laughs> that's, that's what I said Sunday. I said, you know, that there's, there's always a landlord. There's always a boss. Yep. There's always a deadline. Mm-hmm. You know, so we're not ever really free. Yeah. Um, and the idea that, well, I can free, be free to sin. Paul, I don't remember who it was. As, as I recall, it was a pastor friend of mine. We were sitting around talking, and he was talking to us about his daughter, who just a week short of her 18th birthday called a family meeting. And they didn't have family meetings. It wasn't like a normal thing. Uh-huh. They called a family meeting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was okay, so why are we here? And she said, well, I'm going to be turning... 18 in a week, mm-hmm. and I just wanted everybody to know that there's going to be some changes made around here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my friend, again, I don't know why, I can't remember where the, where the conversation was, but my friend looked and said, there's going to be changes? <laughs> okay, no problem. We will we will agree to whatever changes, <laughs> but let me help you pack. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, we'll and, call before and, we come over and, to your and, place. And give me your phone and give me your car keys, <laughs> because they don't belong to you. Those are things that I paid for, yeah. and and the idea is, after a couple of days, this girl, after getting angry, mm-hmm. uh, she came to her senses, yeah. and she realized that what she was asking for was the freedom to sin from a dad who loved Jesus. Mm-hmm. That just wasn't going to happen. It wasn't going to happen. That's right. We are never, ever free. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine, because you know that wouldn't have flown in our house. <laughs> Here, girl, let me just help you right on outside. What surprises me is that she thought it would fly in her house. (laughs) It didn't fly there either. No way. 
But this is an important topic, and I know we've talked about it in the past on this program. But uh, those of you out there who have prodigals, um, you've got to have enough faith in God uh, that that you know in the depth of your heart that Jesus loves your child more than you do, Mm -hmm. and Jesus will chase him to the end of the earth, wherever their riotous living ends. Um, and and your job is to stay with Jesus, to stay put, and to rightly represent him. And, uh, you know, we, we've had families that have been nearly bankrupted when their, their children uh, were in drunk driving accidents because their kids are out partying and stuff, and, and, but yet they live with them. Yeah. Uh, we've had women with multiple babies. Yeah. They're out riotous living. And, um, you know, the, the, the grandma who is, is now forced to serve in the role of mom, well, but, but who's going to take care of my baby? My, you know, if, if, if she's out there, well, make a decision. Is baby yours or hers? And Jesus loves them more than you do. But we can never find an excuse, Paula, for misrepresenting God, allowing our children to do ungodly things in our home under our supervision. And that's what... Uh, I was was so excited uh, about in last week's study that the father let him make the choice. But the father, while he looks for him every day, mm-hmm. hope against hope, he's coming home. Today could be the day. Today could be the day. Um, and yet he never go, went and chased him. That's exactly right. And then when the boy came home, this is another um, corrective thing, is when he came home, he wasn't just crying because things were difficult. You know, my friends uh, kicked me out. You know, I was staying at so-and-so's house, and his mom said, you need to go home because, you know, you're not contributing here. You're not really a part of our family. You're living here. You're eating our food. You're causing trouble. Um, you need to go home. Um, so it's not that. When this man, boy, came to his senses, he realized. I'm going to use that the next time I teach that. Yeah. That's good. So I like that. There's some boy men, you know, who who are more mature. Mm-hmm. But there's some a whole lot of man boys. <laughs> uh, this man boy admits his sin and is willing to take whatever consequences, face whatever consequences and punishment that may come, saying um, he's not blaming anybody else or anything else. He's ready to take full responsibility. He had to know when he looked at his father's face, give me my share of the inheritance. What? That, you, he had to see the pain on his father's face. And, and he went anyway. When our kids do those kind of things, sometimes I think they want to hurt us. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and thinking that, okay, I'm going to go out and make my own life. Just like Elizabeth in her Sweet Summer Devotion, her parents said, you want to act like that? You had to do that somewhere else, not in our house. And so she went on out there. She thought she was going to, you know, make a name. You know, her name was going to be up in light. And the Lord and, and the devil, I think both of them. <laughs> the devil wants to kill you. And the Lord will, because the devil's his his tool, he will let him have his way to a point because Elizabeth mm. That's that's a great point. I want the audience to imagine this for a moment. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you can go to calvarysa.com and watch uh, last Monday night, this past week, uh, uh, Sweet Summer Devotion. And um, Elizabeth's mother, who is uh, the wife of a pastor in our church, <coughs> was in the audience. Where was she sitting? Right in front. Right in front. Front row. center. So... Um, um, you, you know, the, 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 the value for all of us there is that by sending her child out to sin, one of the things Elizabeth said, I gave away my virginity because it felt good. I cared more about me and, and um, you know, went from boyfriend to boyfriend kind of thing. And, and her mom is sitting there. But imagine the Lord's smile on Elvira, her mother, when... when um, Elizabeth was bringing honor and glory to him. Now, yeah, they went through some difficult times. We lived with yes. them through oh those goodness. times. Uh, we shared the pain, mm-hmm. and we were on our knees uh, for, for her. 
Um, but, you know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, and in the end, they won't depart. Mm-hmm. Um, there was that interlude. But in the end, imagine the glory Jesus got on Monday night. And, you know, when, when Elizabeth was in sin and she would come back and visit, um, you know, she just looked different. Yeah. I mean, sin she, has a look. It just... yeah, she looked like an angel. I mean, I didn't see her Monday night in person, mm-hmm. but I watched on my big screen. I know. Didn't she look and it, high def, she looked like an angel. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just thinking, Lord, look how good you are. She spent her inheritance on riotous living, mm-hmm. and you brought her back to the real riches mm-hmm. and truth. And God will do that for your kids. Um, the problem is you've got to be willing to live through some pain to get there. Yeah. And a lot of parents simply aren't willing to live through the pain. Um, I can't imagine um, hiring a lawyer to get my kid a way to escape the consequences of a crime they committed instead of saying, Jesus, you got this. Yeah, we've had, we've had parents take out loans to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Not only that, the kids end up in jail anyway, most of the time. Most of the time. And he says, he says to his father, when he comes back, make me like a servant. This man, boy, now I'm gonna call him boy, man, no longer is feeling entitled. You know, Mm -hmm. he's humble, ready to serve. So many of those kids that come through that revolving door, you know, I'm going to go home to mama's house until I get another place to go. I get me a new girlfriend that I could check up with. Um, they feel entitled. My room, my house, you know, if they buy a little bit of food, my food, don't anybody else touch it. That kind of stuff. Not participating in the family dynamic. Can you uh, imagine a grown child sitting in your house? Now, this is our, I'm talking about you and me. Mm-hmm. We have two sons who are grown. Can you imagine... Our children sitting in our house mm-hmm. drinking alcohol. Mm-mm. I didn't even know you were going to go there. I can't imagine my kids sitting in our house <laughs> just watching TV, playing video games, and, and they're, getting they're up any time of day and night they want to, watching whatever they want. They can't even watch what they want to watch when they come to our house. And we don't watch that kind of stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, that would, no. But see, and the result is, and, and, and I don't want to sound like I'm being mean-spirited here, yeah. uh, but the result is we're really good friends with our kids. Yeah. And, you know, it, 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 when they got turned 18 and started their life, um, one of the things that the Lord really put on my heart is there's a lot more time with them from here forward than from here backwards. So protect the time forward and trust me. And, and um, you know, uh, our kids love us. Who knows why? I love them. They love uh, being around us. Mm-hmm. And uh, our grandkids do. I mean, Jesus just kind of puts all things together. Yeah. 340-9585 if you have any live calls uh, or questions for Paula or for me. 340 and the father, the father, when he saw his son returning over the horizon, he was not angry. He was filled with loving compassion. When the kids, you know, the boy man um, came back and he was humble and he was admitting his own, you know, responsibility. Um, you know, you're happy to see when your kids return. And the scripture says, I love knowing that you are following Scripture, um, the father, you know, he always wanted fellowship with his son. Um, he wanted the peace and the joy to be reestablished in all that son. If we're talking to any prodigals who might be out there, or or you who have prodigals, you can you can give them these instructions. All the son had to do was come home, and that's the very thing the father wanted all along. In my mind's eye, it's sort of a funny picture, you know, uh, the way it's presented in the Gospel of Luke is um, uh, he comes to his senses. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in a pigsty, and he comes to his senses, and all of a sudden he, he's thinking, um, what am I doing here? Yeah. I'm a Jewish boy. I'm sitting here with pigs. I want to eat the food that they're eating. How much worse could it be? 
And right at that moment, he goes, I'm going to go home. I hope I'll find mercy. I hope my dad will be compassionate. And and, and, and he went to a distant country, so it was a long trip back. Mm-hmm. And in, in my mind's eye, the way I imagine this is that every step of the way, he's rehearsing what he's going to say to his father. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I can't believe I did this. No, I won't say that. Father, forgive me for I've sinned against God. I've sinned against you. Mm-hmm. And, and by the time he gets to his father and he sees his father running to him, all of a sudden, all the speech comes back, and he can't even get it out. The father interrupts him and says, "says No, bring the fatted calf. Bring, put a robe on him. Put a sandal on his sandals on his feet, and a ring on his finger." And instantly, he was restored to the fullness of sonship. That's what God wants to do with all of us. Mm-hmm. Your moms and dads, we're going to take a phone call, Paul, in just a second. But um, uh, moms and dads, when your kids come back, don't put them on probation. Don't look at him like, oh, so now you need my help, huh? You wouldn't listen. But be filled with joy because of the work that God has done. Mm-hmm. And believe the best and leave your son or your daughter in the hands of our Lord. Paul, let's take a phone call and go to Shirts, Texas, and talk with Scott. Scott, thanks for holding. You're on the air. Good afternoon, Pastor Ron and Paula. Really Hi, enjoying Scott. your discussion. Good, thanks. <laughs> I, uh, I, I don't want to try to change the subject because you guys are just such a great discussion going on, but maybe you can just touch on this real quickly. Um, I, in, uh, in Matthew 18, where you're dealing with a, uh, uh, a sinning brother and the church discipline, um, I think I've heard you say in the past that um, when, when, you, when they refuse, you, you treat them you know, as a tax collector or whatever, but they become like the object of your ministry. At what point... Um, does someone, do you need to expel them from this fellowship? Where's the point where you can still minister to them or you need to ask them to leave? And uh, if I could listen to you discuss that a little bit. Thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, this is always a difficult question to answer, Paula, because I don't think there is a point that fits everybody. I think sometimes uh, the point is really obvious. Uh, when their sin is hurting somebody else, um, or when they are defiantly trying to draw others or rationalize their sin, I think there's a time when you have to take away the covering of the church and the covering of fellowship. Now, Scott, you've heard me talk about this before, uh, clearly. So um, it, this is a really hard concept for people in our church culture to, to deal with because we have a tendency not to want to do that. We, we feel like we're being mean. Paul said... I've already handed such a man over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. And I think that's a better example in 1 Corinthians 5, because we have the result in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. So when we go to somebody, we try to win them. I I want everybody in church. I want them to hear the word. I want the Holy Spirit to have a chance at their heart. Um, But when they are trying to drag others into their sin, now we've had this in our church, every church has at this point in our our, our country's history, uh, where where um, kids or young men and women who've gone off after homosexuality or something, um, you know, they want to be affirmed by other people. And so they'll try to drag other people in their sin. Well, you know, they just don't understand. I'm a Christian. I believe this is the way God made me kind of thing. And And when that happens, then we excuse those people from fellowship. Just we're not going to let them stumble anybody else. And, and, and for me, it's not personal at all, but I think when they're in danger of stumbling somebody else in the body, that's when they've got to be removed. And we've had to do that a few times over the years, thankfully, not very many. Um, but personally for me, Scott, short of that, um, I, I, I'm loath to ask somebody not to come to the church any longer. Um, we have had people, Paula, that we've said, look, you're, you're free to come. But mm-hmm. um, we don't want you talking to people about this. Yeah, don't be spreading your stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's a hard thing. I think only a, a couple of of times where you've had to say, you know, you're you're um, you're talking to the young lady. She's married to somebody else. She's not interested in you. You've got to stop pursuing her, and it didn't stop. And you said, because no, we got to protect the faithful one here, you know? Um, and so you have to say, I'm sorry, you just can't come here any longer. 
We've had people who, you know, maybe because they don't want to take their medication too many times, and and they've acted out, you know, and caused stuff, and so now they can't come. But we want everybody here. We want everybody to hear the word and be changed. But, you know, if over time they just refuse, what are you going to do? Just let them keep acting up, acting out, so you have to say something. And we've had unfaithful spouses, um, who we've said, you know, it would be best for you to go find another church. We want you to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but we, we want your wife and your children to be comfortable here. Yeah. We, we're here to minister to them. You you did this. Yeah. And I know now you're sorry, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Um, she's uncomfortable mm-hmm. until she decides that she's okay uh, and you're truly repentant and mm-hmm. welcomes you back. Then until then, go to another church. We one of the good things about having three services. We've had situations where yeah, in a little bit of fires, Okay, you come to first, you mm-hmm. come to third, mm-hmm. and that way you won't meet in the middle. Yeah. But um, Scott, the, the the last thing any pastor wants to do, certainly the last thing Jesus wants to do, is to um, eliminate people from the body. Um, we love people. You know, you you spend time, Paula, praying for people and getting to know them. You're invested in them. And your heart just crashes and burns when when they mess up. Yeah. Um, we're like every other human. We want to hold on to them. Uh, but I think this is one of the things where we need the leading of the Holy Spirit. Um, so uh, this is just one of those areas, Scott, that is difficult because in our church culture, uh, instead of somebody having to repent and deal with their sin, it's just so much easier to go um, find another church where they can fit in and pretend that everything's okay between them and God. Boy, that half hour went fast, Paul. Yes, it did. It hey, did. thanks for tuning it's in today. Though. You've been listening to The Word to Stand On for Life. Ladies, especially ladies, go to CalvarySA.com and watch Elizabeth Rios' Sweet Summer Devotion from this past Monday night. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 The Word. Bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.